I don't know if that song was chosen for for right before I spoke because it's me speaking, or if it was just the spirit because I. That really sets me at ease hearing that. Um, I, I am not the person that I used to be, and um, I, I've got a I've got a very difficult topic to talk about. But before I do that, I wanted to share a video with you guys and uh, let you guys think about this for a little bit.
So um, I was asked to talk about forgiveness, and uh, Tim has asked me to talk at church before a couple of times, and I never really felt comfortable about talking because I've, I've got such a burden um, from the things that I've gone through and some of the things that I've, I've done, and it's just really overwhelming for me sometimes. So, um, like the other guys have said, um, today's lesson is definitely going to be something that I'm talking about out of weakness. It's it's not something that um, that I've got a full grasp on, and uh, I really struggle with with forgiveness quite a bit. But uh, as as uh, as was said earlier, you know, as I went through and I started looking up different scriptures and I started thinking about the lessons and I watched the movie, I read the book, um, you know, I found a lot of things that helped me. So I've got a few different points here. Um, I, I'm hoping not to be too long-winded because we were ahead of schedule and I don't want to change that. So, <laughs> But... Uh, um, one of the things that that I think a lot of people can look at through the through the book is bitterness, um, and through through watching that movie is is how easy it would be to be bitter towards the bird. Um, the, this guy was really ruthless in how he treated Louis Zamperini. Um, so Hebrews twelve fourteen through seventeen in the Living Bible says. Try to stay out of all quarrels and seek to live a clean and holy life for one who is not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each other so that not one of you will fail to find God's best blessings. Watch out that no bitterness takes root among you for as it springs up it causes deep trouble hurting many in their spiritual lives. Watch out that no one becomes involved in sexual sin or becomes careless about God, as Esau did. He traded his rights as the oldest son for a single meal, and afterwards, when he wanted those rights back, it was too late, even though he wept bitter tears of repentance. So remember and be careful. So, like I said, the, the bitterness is real easy. It's real easy to, to hold on to bitterness and to, to not be forgiving towards people. And uh, as I was growing up, I went through a lot of, a lot of bad stuff. Um, I didn't grow up in a, in a godly home. Um, I remember probably one or two times as a little child going to, going to church. And there was a lot of abuse in my home. Um, I was exposed to a lot of stuff that I should have never seen. Um, there was uh, just all kinds of craziness, and uh, some of it was sexual abuse that I'd seen and, and experienced. And um, when I was about five years old, my sister was put into foster care just before my fifth birthday. I, I, I just remember coming home, and she wasn't there, and and. It's really rough because I was told that she was dead, and uh, we ended up moving to another place. And uh, not too long after that, I uh, go to school and 
I've got a teacher sending me to a school nurse and telling, telling her, give this kid a bath, get him some clean clothes. I didn't realize that here it is, another type of abuse that I'm going through, not having my, my things provided for. Um, so after a couple of times of this happening, myself and my brothers ended up going to foster care too. Um, and uh, it, it was it was really weird for me. It was really confusing. It wasn't something that I, you know, I was only uh, six years old when we went to foster care. And, and um, thinking about that stuff and thinking about it now at this time, looking at a six-year-old child going through that stuff, that's that's a huge burden. And um, for me, it, it, it was just totally confusing so um, at the start of my foster care experiences I ended up with a good family um, but it didn't stay like that that good family was um, was my first contact with God so to speak they they took us to church all the time um, they prayed with us they tried to lead a godly example but uh they couldn't keep us because my foster mom's mom was was sick, and um, they needed to take care of her. So, um, so they ended up sending us to another foster home because they needed to spend more time taking care of her. So then, uh, you know, I'm just sharing this stuff to let you guys know some of the bitterness that I had, you know, and. At the next foster home that I was at, things were worse, and things were just horrible for me. Um, I remember at seven years old seeing a situation. I I thought that uh, my foster brother and a bunch of his friends were going to gang up and and kill my brother. I'm watching this, and it's just horrendous seeing this violence. Um, And... I regressed quite a bit, so um, just some very overwhelming stuff. Um, I could go on and on. There, there was, there were more abuses as I as I was a little kid. And in that foster home, the things were so bad. I just wanted to go back to live with my mom and dad again because I knew that. You know, at least there, while it was unpredictable, I had my family and. Uh, um, one of the things that, that happened after the fights that my brother ended up going through, he ended up being sent to another foster home. So uh, I believe you were talking about people being separated from other people. And that was, that was one of the things that impacted me was the separation from my family. Um, my, my brother and my sister were both at different foster homes. I found out later on. Um, at that first foster home that I was at where where the family was really compassionate and caring, I found out at that place that my sister was still alive and I actually got to reconnect with her again. Um, but uh, it, it made me so bitter and so confused of what's going on in my life. Um, so eventually I was able to go back to live with my mom and dad but that wasn't, like I said, they, things weren't great. Things were, were still very confusing. Um, 
things were uh, the the abuses didn't stop um, but at that point it was like well what's the better alternative what do I do do I uh, do I go report this stuff and end up in a foster care system where I'm with some people that don't care a rip about me or do I stay here where I've got a connection with my brothers and to me that was that was more important having that connection I was just so so confused and conflicted so uh, um, I needed to escape from that somehow or another I, I couldn't just stay in that and uh, I didn't I didn't know who to turn to or what to turn to um, I, I just needed an escape from all of that garbage so I turned to um, to lust pornography and uh, I remember becoming addicted to pornography before I was even in junior high I think I was probably about 12 13 years old the, uh, when when I was addicted to it, and it, the the thoughts were constantly in my head. Um, I, I'd hear other kids talk about different things going on, and and kids would brag about sex, and oh well, I want to fit in. I I, I don't want to be like the outcast. So you know, even though I didn't chime in and talk about things I I wanted to do something so that I felt like I was a part of the group and uh, turn I I turned to doing some some crazy stuff to uh, um, in order to fit in in order to to have some connection um, my first brush with the law I was I was nine or ten years old and uh, my brother said, hey, let's, let's go break into this place. He, he was smoking, and he wanted to get some cigarettes. So we went. I don't know if any of, <laughs> any of you older guys can remember the, uh, the camera places that we would take our film to these little places, a little bit smaller than a hit and run, and take the film up there, and they'd come back in two weeks, and you'd get your film back. Well, they sold cigarettes in these places, and, and this one was abandoned, and they still had cases of cigarettes in there. So my brother says, hey, let's go break into that thing so I can get some cigarettes. And I'm like, sure, let's go do that. Um, so I see a police officer, and we're throwing rocks, and I say, hey, there's a cop right over there. He's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> if, if we break the window then just tell them it was an accident we were trying to see who could throw a rock the furthest so I throw this rock and the window smashes and I turn around and we ran and we ran around this building and a cop was standing right there so we run around the other way to try to get away from the cop and um, my brother runs into into the hotel where they were staying at, and I thought, well, I can't run that fast, so I'm going to run around the hotel. So I run around the hotel, and there's this little shack behind the hotel with a piece of plywood up against there, and the weeds. I was a short kid, so the the weeds were about as tall as I was, and this sheet of plywood was taller than me, and I crawl underneath this this plywood. 
and the cop's going back there, and by this time, it's dark, so he's got his flashlight, and he's swinging it back and forth. He says, come out. You don't want me to have to shoot you. So as soon as he said that, I was like, hey, I'm right here, guys. I'm right here. Don't don't shoot me. Don't shoot me. (laughs) So then he says, well, where's your buddy? Who was was with you? So I was like, I, I took him down and I pointed out my brother, the one that had been out there with me and, um, after that happened, I ended up getting my butt blistered pretty bad to the point where, you know, they, at at our house there there was no correction. It was either you're going to get beat really bad or yeah, let it slide, you know. So this was my first experience getting a belt to me to the point where I bled. So. Uh, um, Moving on, when I was 15, I think I was 15, was the second time I ended up getting in trouble. And again, trying to fit in, trying to be with, be one of the guys. A buddy of mine decided, hey, let's, let's go steal something. And, uh, I'd stolen a lot of things, been around people stealing a lot of things. It was just a, you know, we didn't have a lot of money, so if we wanted a little, uh, remote control car, then we'd go steal it or, um, you know, just no respect for the law, no respect for boundaries, just, um, you know, there were a lot of things that I did at that point that I needed forgiveness for. Um, and I ended up getting caught, he ended up getting caught, and he's like, well, that guy was with me, so... Um, I ended up getting a year probation when I was 15 years old. Um, and during that time period, I was just, um, again, going through the, the lust and the addiction and everything and thinking about what I could do to, to escape, what I could do to avoid stuff. And I started drinking with some of my friends. Uh, started smoking pot with some of my friends, and uh, I was really a, a rebellious teenager. Um, and I, I'd hear other kids talk about, like I said, talking about sex with so and so. And then I started looking at it as, well, that's a challenge. And you know, being in high school, I can, you know, there's a girl that would be willing to date me, so I would use girls and um, take advantage and just there there were several times I I remember having sex with so many different people um, and uh, started thinking about you know what could I do to to make myself look better what could I do to um, to fit in and and to, um, you know, I had no concept of later on down the road. I wasn't thinking about later on down the road. When I was, it was complete fantasy. Um, so I, I, I think about all of this stuff, and it, it was just... Um, it wasn't really leading me anywhere in life. 
um, and um, when I had people that, that were in my life that would confront it, I'd be like, everybody's like this. Uh, I, and, and if they weren't like that, then, you know, I looked at it as though they were, they were liars or, or, you know, they're just hiding it, you know, because everybody had that struggle. And, uh, you know, as I've been thinking about this different stuff and, and, you know, I'd, I'd look into the Bible and I'd, I'd see different stuff at the, at the start of my, relationship with God at the start of looking at different things I'd see things about you know Solomon a man the wisest man on earth 700 wives and 300 princesses and concubines there's my justification hey you know <laughs> um, David was here's this man that that had a wife come come to come to be. I think he had eight wives and at least ten concubines. Um, the the Bible says that when Absalom was coming, he left ten of his concubines, ten of his concubines there to take care of the palace. And you know, so so I'm looking at these things and I'm like, you know, that that's just more to justify me doing whatever I wanted to do you know I had tried to to um, to connect with God a couple of times as I was a teenager um, but but really didn't care I, I really didn't have any desire to connect with God as much as I wanted to connect with other people I wanted some people to be there in my life and um you know that that's where I was. I it was it was all about somehow or another that codependency, rather than um, rather than being independent. Um, so uh, eventually, I, as I was uh, 19 years old. I started uh, I started dating a girl before my 19th birthday and uh went into the military and while I was in boot camp I I sent her a letter asking her to get married to me. I'd only known her for a couple months before I went into the military, but I I, I knew that you know wherever I went I wasn't going to go back home. I wasn't coming coming back to my hometown, so I I wanted to have somebody that I was familiar with to have a relationship and to go with me. So we ended up getting married when I was in tech school, and um, the relationship, it, it, it wasn't a good relationship because I didn't know how to have a relationship. I, I didn't know how to connect with people. There, there was no examples in my life other than one year of when I was six years old living with that family of how to have a good relationship. and. Um, I was very passive aggressive in my relationship with her, um, very controlling, manipulating. Um, one of the things that uh, wasn't talked about in the movie, but afterwards, um, one of the guys was talking about it that that uh, that 
you know, when Louis Zamperini got married, he was controlling his wife and, and he had tried to kill her. Um, one of the things that I don't know if they shared this or not, but, but his wife was wanting to go to church and he didn't want her to go. And I didn't want my wife to, uh, we were, I was sent out to Idaho and we're from here in Illinois, so she'd be calling home and running up the phone bell and I'd be looking at that and I'm, I'm like, you know, that's got to stop, you know, and I, I wouldn't look at ways to build her up, you know. I was looking at ways to control her and, and uh, get her to to do things to fit into my bubble, my form of how I wanted things to be. Um, so as I was passive-aggressive and, and um, controlling and manipulating, she ended up leaving, and um, that was just devastating to me. And uh, I ended up trying to reconcile that relationship, and it didn't reconcile right away. I, I wasn't able to to resolve that, and um, I thought, well, she's never going to come back. And, and when that happened, I had thought about taking my life. I had thought about um, not just a thought. I visualized it. I visualized just ending my life and saying, "Forget it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna keep going on." And uh, when I visualized that, I decided, you know, that relationship's over. So I'm gonna go on and and do something else. And I started having affairs. Um, I had two affairs before we decided that we were going to go ahead and get divorced. And I ended up sleeping with two other women after that. That was some pretty rough stuff, just craziness. And in the midst of all of that, um, I had contracted an STD. And I had gotten a girl pregnant. And... She ended up going and having an abortion. And I don't know whether the abortion was because of the STD. If I gave her this STD and then she, she had to abort the baby because she said it was a tubal pregnancy. So, you know, I, my wayward ways, you know, if we look at David, David, because of his sin, Bathsheba, because of his sin with Bathsheba, this child died. You know, and here it is. I've I've done something like that, and it was just overwhelming hearing this. Another reason I wanted to share this video was as I was growing up, I was watching somebody. I I had a model. And that model was my dad, and I wanted to be like him. Um, I don't know why. I, I don't. I don't really comprehend why I wanted to be like my dad, but I did. And uh, after this girl's abortion, I ended up trying to turn my life over to God, and started to started to pray started to think about God a little bit more. 
that that really hurts that I caused somebody to go through that to have to abort a child. She's got to live with that for the rest of her life. And um, it, it's just really overwhelming. So um, as I started seeking God and I started trying to change my life, I reconciled my relationship with my ex. And we ended up having a couple children, three children altogether. And I ended up causing a lot of pain in my family. It, it wasn't a good relationship. I, I, I went, went back down a, a horrible road and um, ended up hurting people. And 26 years old, I went to prison for seven years. Um, so I did a lot of things to, to cause pain in people's lives. And I had a lot of pain in my life that I was trying to escape that I didn't know how to deal with. And I chose that path to try to find an escape. And all I can think is, you know what? Rather than escaping, we need to seek to forgive that bitterness we need to seek, you know, Louis Zamperini was talking about, you know, this guy was almost killed. And he's like, you know what, I'm going to protect this other guy. Go ahead, have everybody in the camp hit me so that this other guy doesn't have to take the pain. Rather than seeking to escape my pain, I should try to seek forgiving other people. And uh, forgiveness is something that I struggle with. It's, it's not something that's, that's easy for me to deal with. Um, as I was reading through the Bible, um, I, I, I turned my life over to God after I was arrested. I, I decided I wanted to seek God. I wanted to change my life. I didn't want to continue down that path. Um, I, I, I knew that, that there's no way that I could ever um, I could ever make amends enough for, for the things that I'd done. It, it's just impossible. But uh, I, I started thinking about the different stuff, and, and one of the things that I decided to do was I'm going to I'm going to go seek some help. And while I was seeking that help, people started telling me that I needed to, to, uh, I needed to forgive the people that had hurt me. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, um, some of the stuff that I went through in, in my last foster home was, was just humiliating that to this day I don't want to talk about. But as I was going through this lesson on forgiveness and thinking about this stuff, one of my thoughts was somebody's got to pay. This woman has got to pay for the abuses that she put me through. And she died in 2007. <laughs> and I've got this bitterness towards somebody that's dead. How does that, 
how does that compute? There's no way to, to reconcile that stuff. But I started thinking about it, and why do I think somebody's got to pay? And you know what? Jesus Christ died for all of our sins. He died for her sins just like he died for mine. And, um, you know, as I think about forgiveness, sometimes it's easy for me to grasp and sometimes it's not. Sometimes I, I feel really judged. I feel like everybody in the world sees me and sees everything about me, everything that I've ever done and judges me and, and holds me in this critical light. And then other times I'm able to see clearly that Jesus loved me and Jesus forgave me. Um, Nathan, was, I believe you shared um, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. I've, I've talked with several people, several of the elders and other people, that, you know, Paul says that he's the chief among sinners. And I'm like, Paul, you ain't got nothing on me. You, you, I, I, I've done worse. Because I don't, I feel so much shame, so much guilt. I'm like, it, okay. Christ died for the ungodly. Okay. I can grasp that sometimes, but sometimes I can't. So I would pray and I would, I would think about Psalms 51. I want to read this. We were talking about brokenness. That's what the movie is. Be gracious to me, O God, according to your loving kindness. According to the greatness of your compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you only I have sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are justified when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the innermost being. And in the hidden part, you will make me know wisdom. Purify me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me glad to hear joy. Let the bones which you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Don't cast me away from your presence, and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will be converted to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, the God of my salvation. Then my tongue will joyfully sing of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips that my mouth may declare your praise. For you do not delight in sacrifice, otherwise I would give it. You are not pleased with burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. 
by your favor do good to Zion, build the walls of Jerusalem, then you will delight in righteous sacrifices and burnt offering, and whole burnt offering, then young bulls will be offered on your altar. When I think about those different passages, you know, it, it sounds like David wasn't real sure in his forgiveness either. He's saying, don't cast me away from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. And he talks about the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. And I stand here a broken man before you guys. I, I, I've, I've hurt so much and caused so much pain that I know that I have been careless about God and I know that I have hurt many people in their spiritual lives and I don't want anybody else to have to experience that. I don't want to lead my life going down that path. I don't want, you know, if there's ever an opportunity that I can help somebody else to keep from going down that path. I want to do whatever it is that I can to keep them from going down that path. And I think that it all, you know, within the context of of the bitterness, it, it relies on forgiveness. I've got to forgive that stuff. And, you know, a lot of times the things that keep us or keep me from forgiving anyway is when I look at myself and then I say I'm tired of looking I don't want to look at myself anymore and instead of looking at God I try to escape if we keep our eyes on God rather than trying to escape we'll be able to to forgive, we'll be able to see how Jesus just took it. I, I think about the, the the passion. You know, as Jesus is being flogged, as Jesus is being crucified, how he took it, just like Louis Zamperini did, how Jesus just took it, knowing the things that I was doing, the things that you guys were doing, Whatever sins that you guys deal with, I know that we all have our own problems, but, you know, Jesus died for me while I was ungodly. And when I take my eyes away from that, I have a hard time accepting forgiveness from other people. I have a hard time forgiving other people. I become critical of other people. And I don't want to do that. I was 32 years old when I got out of prison. And uh, I was 34 when I met my wife. And I've talked with her and I've spent so many times with her. And when I've done things that have hurt her, her response has been like Jesus Christ. Her response has been forgiveness. And it just blows me away, the love and compassion that she has for me. 
And I think about um, I think about some of you men that are in this room and the love and compassion that you have for me, the appreciation that you have for me, the, the willingness to, to spend your time with me and to, to help me. And it just astonishes me because I don't feel worthy of it. Um, I, I know that I'm not worthy of it, but it's, it's Jesus that makes me worthy. So with that, I, I just want to close. Um, I want to pray for us. So if we could bow our heads. Lord Jesus, I, I thank you for everything that you've done for us, for, um, for going to the cross in, in our place, Lord. I just praise you for everything that you do. Um, we talk about trying to bring your kingdom here, Lord, and I just pray that you'll help us to be more like you, to show heaven to those that are around us. Lord Jesus, you, you say to forgive other people, and I just, um, I just pray that you'll help us to see that you know, you were the one that died in the place of those other people. While, while we want to have bitterness towards them, it's not our place. For you are the one that's going to judge, Lord. You are the one that, that is there to take care of that. And I just pray that you'll help us to lean more on you, to lean more on the other men that are here in this group and that we will lift each other up and build up your kingdom and witness to the people that are outside of our church, outside of our, our, uh, our groups that will be able to be a witness to the men and women in our, in our area, whether it's at work, at home. Uh, I just pray that you'll help us to be more like you in every way. In Jesus' name, amen.